Welcome to Signaling God's People with your host, Dennis Beard, talking about the Revelation 12 man-child, a woman clothed with the sun, the moon, and under her feet, the crown upon her head, a crown of 12 stars. Many will say that that's Mary. How bit, the truth is, it is uh, prophetic. It speaks of bringing forth a man-child, God have forgotten to his throne. Now the Lord Jesus, uh, the Father of glory, dwells between the cherubim of glory. And under that there is a pavement, a work of uh, that uh, sapphire stone, which speaks of Simeon on the breastplate of judgment. It all goes to Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave in him to showing to his servants things which must shortly come to pass since signified it by his angel under John. It's a progressive truth in the word of God called the proceeding word. Now, Jesus stated, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. There is a radical change in tabernacle season rather than Pentecostal season that we've been in for over 2,000 years and entered into a new season already in the third day or the 2022. And what is that? Well, it's the season of tabernacles in the first, uh, that feast of the Lord, feast of trumpets. The feast of trumpets, there is the ministry voice of Jesus. It's a trumpet voice. We see that in Revelation 4, verse 1. There was a door opened in heaven unto John, and a voice of a trumpet talking with me, saying, Come up hither. Not a rapture. Come up hither, and I will show you things that will come to pass hereafter. Now, he wrote that in 92 AD. It's certainly not a preterist doctrine that it's already happened in 70 AD. It's much later, and we find this woman bringing forth a man-child, which the remnant of her seed that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. Those that love God keep his commandments. So the love of God they have, keeping his commandments. But then it says, and have the testimony of Jesus. Now, that testimony of Jesus is what we need to look at it. Why does he say they have the testimony of Jesus? Well, we refer to 19, Revelation 19, 10. John sees a man, and he's about to worship him. If anyone knew Jesus, the apostle John, John the Revelator, wrote a gospel according to John, three epistles, and the book of the Revelation. And if anyone knew Jesus, he knew Jesus. And he sees this man and he bows down to worship him. He's not an angel. That's definitely not an angel that John would even think about bowing down to worship him. But he bows down to worship him, knowing that it is the same character and there of the attributes of Jesus. And there, as he does, he says, see thou doest it not. I'm of thy fellow brethren, of thy, of thy brethren and fellow servants that have the testimony of Jesus. I'm thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. That's not an angel. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now we see that in Revelation 12. But Jesus covered that talking about he's going to show us plainly of the Father in John 16. Now, in John 16, Jesus said uh, that I'm going to pray you, the Father, and send another comforter, even that Holy Ghost. And uh, Jesus, while he was in the world, stated to his disciples, I'll pray the Father send you another comforter whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Jesus is stating there that even though he's in the days of his flesh, there's a time coming in his glory and his glorification that he will come to the disciples 
I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. That's as he's glorified, becoming the quickening spirit in 1 Corinthians 15, 45. But he tells us that in John 16, that he's not going to speak anymore in Proverbs. He's going to show us plainly of the Father. Now, that's the office of the Spirit that's been hid. We see that in Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9. And Paul talks about this mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It's hid the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, but who is revealing it? In 2 Corinthians 3, the Lord is that spirit. We see it in 2 Corinthians 3.17, that he is the father of glory. It's revealed. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves. The Lord is that spirit. It's, re- it's being revealed now all over the world that the Trinity doctrine is in error, many good people, but following an erroneous doctrine. And God is now moving us into greater truth of the word of God. That Jesus, the Son of God, is the Father revealed, that Christ is every office of the Spirit. That is Christology. That Christ, in the established in the doctrine of Christ, that he is every office of the Spirit, he's all and in all, and that Christ is the Father. We see it in 1 John 2.22. Who is a liar, but he denied that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist that hath denied both the Father. Why? Because the Father is the invisible Spirit, which is Christ. We see that in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. And all the Old Testament prophets Search diligently into the grace that should come to us, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ that was in them. That's the Father of glory. That's the Word. That's the Holy Ghost. That's El Shaddai. That's Elohim. That's the Lord Jehovah, the invisible Spirit of God in all power, all-knowing and omnipresent. Well, that's Christ. And Christ is Jesus. He is the Father. 1 John 2.22. So who is a liar but he that not that Jesus is Christ? How do we know whether a person's preaching the truth or not? Well, any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. Jesus Christ is that spirit. The Son of God is that spirit. We see that over and over again in glorification. Truly, in the days of his flesh, he was a man of flesh and blood, and Adam after the fall, just like one of us, a kinsman redeemer. How bet when he's glorified, going back to the Father, glorified by the Father's own self, John 17, 5, then all power in heaven and earth is given unto him, the Son of God. And that did not leave the Father powerless. We find that in Matthew 28, 18. Jesus comes out of the tomb, He is resurrected and glorified and said, All power in heaven and in earth is given unto me. He's glorified with the Father's own self. Then Acts 2.36, Let all the house of Israel know assuredly that same Jesus, whom you crucified, that man, in the days of his flesh, God manifests in the flesh, that man that you crucified, God hath made him. Both Lord, that's Lord Jehovah God Almighty, and Christ, that's the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost. Acts 2, 36. And we find in 1 Timothy 6, 15 and 16, that Jesus Christ is a blessed and only potentate. That's the omnipotent, almighty God. The omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent spirit. The Lord is that Spirit, 2 Corinthians 3.17. There's only one Spirit. Jesus Christ is it. But in the days of his flesh, he had made himself of no reputation to work as a man, as our kinsman redeemer. And he had made himself of no reputation, laying aside all of his attributes, so he could take on him another form of a servant. 
to become one of us, our kinsman redeemer. That's the love of God. That's how we perceive the love of God. That's 1 John 3.16. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he, God himself, laid down his life for us. Therefore, we have to lay down our lives for the brethren. How did he lay down his life? Well, he made himself of no reputation, Philippians 2, 6. A self-imposed limitation upon his spirit, not to work his spirit. Why would he do that? Because a man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back. You see that in Romans 5. By one man's disobedience, sin came into the world and death by sin. Sin reigned by death. Even so, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. As the offenses of one, so also the free gift is of one. The man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back. Well, how did God do it? If the princes of, princes of this world had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory, the Lord God Almighty, manifest in a body of flesh and blood, Emmanuel, God with us. But they did. That is the Son of God in his humiliation. That's the Father that's made himself of no reputation, none, laying aside all of his attributes, all of his glory, to take on him the form of a servant, to work only as a man, made in under the law. We see that in Galatians 4, verse 4. This is the doctrine of Christ. Christ is that spirit, first and foremost. This is what needs to be taught in all the seminaries, in every church, in every denomination, to every believer to be established in the doctrine of Christ. And there is none other. Christ is that spirit in every office of that spirit. Christ is that father. We see that again mentioned 1 John 2, 22. Who is a liar, but he that denied that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist that hath denied the father. Why? Because Christ is the father. He is that spirit. All the Old Testament prophets prophesied by the spirit of Christ that was in them. 1 John 1, verse 10 and 11. How be it? Well, he's also, in 1 John 2, 22, that he has denied the Son of God also. Why? Because the Son of God is the Father revealed. He is the image of the invisible God. He's the image of his person. Hebrews 1, verse 3 and 4. There's only one spirit. We see that in Ephesians 4. One body, one spirit. Not two spirits, not a spirit senior, that be God a spirit junior. That's where we've missed the mark. We are told in the Chalcedonian definition of 451, which most all Protestant churches hold to that ecumenical council today, of the God-man. <clears throat> that Jesus was 100% God, 100% spirit, and was 100% man, that is, 100% flesh and blood. Thus, the God-man. Well, when we take a good look at that definition, it is a blatant lie, stating that uh, in that ecumenical council, that the Son of God, this is, quote, the Son of God, according to his Godhead, was begotten of the Father, before the foundation of the world, unquote. That's where we get the God-man, which most of the Protestant churches throughout the world hold to that Christology today. That is their doctrine of Christ, which is a fallacy. It is a blatant lie. Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ he has denied the Father and the Son. 1 John 2.22 again. Why? Because the Father is that invisible Spirit of God. <clears throat> the Father of glory. 
Christ is that. All the Old Testament prophets prophesied by the Spirit of Christ that was in them. Not them, but the Spirit of Christ that was in them. That rock that led the children of Israel out of Egypt. That rock was Christ. The angel that God said he has my name in him. That was Christ. That cherubim of glory at the east end of the garden of God was a Christophany. It was a theophany of Christ. The same that we see with the burning bush of Moses in Exodus 3. We find that Moses saw that burning bush with that fire, but it was not consumed. He said, I'll turn aside and see this great sight. Moses, take your shoes from off your feet, for the ground you stand on is holy. Another Christophany. I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. I am that I am has sent you. Then we find, again, Jacob wrestling with an angel. That angel that changed the name of Jacob to Israel. Who was that angel? That's another Christophany. That is God seen in an angelic form, but not a permanent dwelling or a permanent abode or permanent tabernacle that he would place his name and reveal his name then. It was hidden. And every treasure of wisdom and knowledge is hid in that mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. That mystery is now being revealed to all those that have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. God's using judgment. Not to destroy mankind, but to get us to see the true God and eternal life, Jesus Christ, in every office. He is the Father. Christ is that Father. He is that Spirit. But when it's signified beforehand, testifying beforehand, the sufferings of Christ. 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. Christ, that Spirit, is Christ the man. Now, that Christ, the Spirit, did not transmute into flesh and blood. That which is flesh is flesh. That which is spirit is spirit. But to become our kinsman redeemer, to redeem us that were under the law, he had to put a self-imposed limitation upon his spirit. Couldn't work his spirit. Because if he did, he broke his own law. God can't die. God can't be tempted. And certainly God had no blood to shed. So what does he do? He looked for a man. He was amazed he could find none. Now this is the doctrine of Christ that's going all over the world now. That's being received by thousands of ministers worldwide. Because they're seeing that the Trinity doctrine just doesn't explain the Godhead. Because it says there's three distinct and separate persons that are co-equal of co-substance, but it violates the word of God. Jesus stated, my father's greater than I. Well, if they're co-equal, then why would Jesus say, my father's greater than I? And if they're of the same substance in a hypostatic union, there's no union there. Jesus stated in John 10, 30, I and my father are one. He did not use whom as a Greek word for union. He used the Greek word heis, H-E-I-S, meaning we're the very same spirit. You've seen me, you've seen the father, Jesus said. And he states that I am that spirit. Whenever Philip asked him, show us the father, and that suffices us, Jesus, John 14. Jesus stated, have I been so long time with you? And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believe me that I'm in my Father, and my Father's in me. Or else believe me for the work's sake. Now why would he say the Father's in me? We can say, well, we have the Father in us. Christ in us is the Father in us. 
We see that in Ephesians 4. There's one body, one spirit, not two, not a spirit junior, one spirit. That's very simple. One is one. Not in a union, not a spirit senior, spirit junior, but one spirit. There's only one spirit of God in whom you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Well, somebody said, well, it looks like there's two Lords because in Psalm 110, it states, the Lord said unto my Lord, set thou at my right hand until I make that enemy's thy footstool. Well, Jesus took care of that and gave us that revelation in Matthew 22, 42. Jesus asked them, I have a question for you. The Pharisees and Sadducees had tried to overturn Jesus. One asking him, is it lawful to pay tribute to Caesar or not? Those are the Pharisees. And the other Sadducees saying uh, that this woman had seven men. Each one of them died. And uh, having bearing no seed. In heaven, whose wife shall she be? All seven had her wife. Jesus answered their question. But then he said, I have a question for you. What think you of Christ? The doctrine of Christ. That's the question for the body of Christ. The body is of Christ. And certainly the foundation of the church is Christ. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's the foundation of the church. Matthew 16, given to Peter. Simon Bar-Jonah, thou art Peter. Upon this rock I'll build my church. What was that? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Well, then what is that? Well, Christ is that spirit that made himself a body of flesh and blood in the days of his flesh was in his humble state, a humiliated state as a man of flesh and blood, just like us and Adam after the fall to redeem us that were under the law. We see that in Galatians 4, verse 4. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. How? The father didn't say to the son, go down and die for the sin of the world. How did he send him? Well, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, made of a woman. That's the spirit of God overshadowing a 14-year-old virgin. Mary, and brought forth a son that is a child. They're a nine-month pregnancy. And he shall be called the son of the highest. Capital S-O-N. Deity. And thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sin. Jesus shall save his people, God's people. That's who he is from their sins. Who's our Savior? God himself is. We see that in Isaiah 43, 10. Thus saith the Lord, that's the invisible spirit of God, the Father of glory. The word, the Holy Ghost, the El Shaddai, the Elohim, the Lord Jehovah, and my servant whom I have chosen. Well, there'd be a time he would be chosen. Well, who is he? Well, Denominations tell us that's two persons somehow in a mysterious union. But that's not what God said. The Lord said very plainly in Isaiah 43.10, Thus saith the Lord, that invisible spirit of God, that one spirit, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand understand the Godhead that I am he. Now that throws out every Trinity doctrine there is on the face of this earth. There's only one spirit and it is that servant. God said, I am he. I'm that servant that I chose. And he goes on and tells how. He states it, a declarative statement. Before me, there was no God formed. Who's the me? Son of God. God himself. The invisible spirit of God. Before me, there was no God. That's God himself formed. 
form. Yeah, he made a form so we could see. And uh, literally behold him. And grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, the Father revealed. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. That's the only way we know the Spirit of God. But who is that Spirit? Well, 1 John 5, 20, the Son of God has come. How did he come? Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Not has come. He's still coming in the flesh. 1 John 4, verse 1 through 4. There's many false prophets, not some, but many false prophets in the world. They're stating that Jesus Christ is not come in the flesh. That he's not the father of glory. That he is not that invisible, eternal power of God, the Holy Ghost, the Father revealed in a body of flesh and blood that is in you, the believer. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Well, who's in you? Well, Christ is in you. But we also see in Ephesians 4, there's one body, one spirit, in whom you're called, one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who is above all, through all, and in us all. But who is that that's in us all? Who is above all? The Father of us all. Ah, the Father of us all is that spirit which is the Son of God. Hmm, because Galatians 4, 6 tells us God has sent forth the spirit of his son. If he sent forth the spirit of the father, well, then we are only one with bone of his, bone and flesh of his flesh in the Christ office of the son of God because he's our elder brother. And we're bone of his bone. We're not spirit of his spirit. We're bone of his bone. He had to have a bone. We're flesh of his flesh. He had to have flesh. How did we become bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh? Well, because he made himself of no reputation so he could become that man. That's Philippians 2, 6 through 8. That's how much he loved us. That in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son made of a woman. That's how he made himself, the spirit, flesh, and blood body. Made of a woman, made in under the law, not above it, and under the law. Why would he come in under the law? To redeem us that were under the law. He's our kinsman and redeemer. He was an Adam after the fall. And a body of flesh and blood just like us. And somebody said, but yes, he had the spirit of God without measure. Yes, but it was latent. It was laid back. It was made of no reputation. He made himself of no reputation, not to work as a spirit, but work only as a man and under the law to fulfill the law as a man, not a spirit. He'd break his own law. He's got to redeem us as a man. A man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back. Romans 5. Sin reigned by death. Grace reigns through righteousness. What's righteousness? God, who is that spirit? Omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, spirit of God, made himself of no reputation. Who is that? It's Jesus Christ. Philippians 2, 5 through 8. That's Jesus Christ who being in the form of God. All the attributes of God and everything that God is. Thought it not robbery to be equal with God. What in every attribute God is? Love, power, uh, wisdom, understanding, prudence, everything, peace, everything that God is. Jesus is and thought it not robbery to be equal, not made equal. He is equal. He is every attribute of God in that form of it. Spirit. That's who he is. Always has been the spirit of God. Always has been God and always will be God. But to redeem us. He made himself of no reputation. That's a big, notice it said, but he made himself of no reputation. That's the love of God. He humbled himself. Not some reputation, no reputation. Why? 
to take on him the form of a servant. Who is that servant? We just spoke it there according to the word of God in Isaiah 43, 10. Thus saith the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen that you may know and believe me and understand. I am a God said. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. Well, who formed? Well, Jesus in the form of God made himself of no reputation, took on him the form of a servant. He formed himself a body of flesh and blood through the Virgin Mary. Now, he's our kinsman redeemer. Hebrews 2, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same that in all things he was made like unto his brethren. Hebrews 4, 15, tempted in all points, like as we are yet without sin. Well, now, who is that? Son of God. Well, he is the Father revealed. He states that to Philip in John 14. Philip asked him, Lord, show us the Father, and that suffices us. That'll be sufficient. Jesus there stated that truth, that he is God, our Savior, the Lord, our Redeemer, spoken of in Isaiah 43, 10, the Holy One of Israel, not a holy trinity. Now, many are coming out of that into the truth and seeing the power of God, seeing the glory of God. Can't see it in error. We have to see it in truth. And when we walk in that light, as he's in light, then we have fellowship one with another, blood flow through the body of Christ, a great glory and, a, and edification of the body of Christ, whichever joint supplies through the supply of the Spirit. But if we're in error, then we can't see the glory. Oh, we can go for money, pat each other on the back and say, well, I bought a new house, I bought a new car. But that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination to God. Many have erred thinking they gain his godliness. And they've built most of the time our Christian faith upon money, mammon. Thinking, well, if God is blessing you, you've got money. Which is just not the case. God's chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith. You can see that in Smyrna. The church is Smyrna in Revelation 2. And we also see that he warns us. Not many rich, not many are wise, not many that are wise or many that are rich are called for the kingdom of God. He also states over there that how hardly it is for a rich man to even enter the kingdom of God. Yet we focus on that. A man's life does not consist of the things which he possesses. That's the love of the world. Any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. But we love the money. And everybody works for the money. Mammon. Money. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds, getting gold, silver. Get a hedge fund. Or the commodities that you'll be able to withstand the recession or depression and world uh, economy that we're going through geopolitical uh, recession, depressions that we must be uh, vigilant enough to have money in the bank. And then if the banks fail, then we've got to have silver and gold to back it up. And we hasten and uh, run to these different ideologies that think, well, this is how I'll be taken care of. Or whenever we have a recession or oppression, that I'll buy some remote place outside of some city and find me a little piece of property somewhere where I'll be off the grid and nobody will know that I exist and I'll take care of myself. No. The only ones that's going to be taken care of are the ones that are sealed by the Holy Ghost, by the Word of God, by God himself, sealing the servants of our God in their forehead in the apocalyptic sealing of Revelation 7. That's the only hope we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Not your money, not your bank account, not a president of the United States or any other prime minister or any other country in this world. It's only through the Lord Jesus Christ. And without that sealing, my friend, we will not be able to stand. It is imperative that we are sealed. 
sealed. Uh, how? By the word of God. After we have received the word of God in present truth, not yesteryear's truth, not back 10 years ago truth, but now proceeding word of God, the present truth. Jesus said, a man shall live, not by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of mouth of God. That proceeding word of God is how every man lives. And that's present truth. It's now faith is the substance of, not yesterday's faith, not tomorrow's faith, now faith. Walking in the light as he's in the light, and only then do we have and see the glory of God. And it's in that truth, in that spirit of truth that leads us and guides us into all truth. It's progressive. It's line upon line, line upon line. Precept upon precept, precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. The ones that do not receive present truth and grow up into Jesus in all truth, it becomes a snare, and they are snared by that word of God. There, on the other hand, those that do receive the word of God and take heed how they hear it, they are the ones that are blessed of the Lord and receive the word of God and to the place where they are sealed in present truth. In the final last day sealing of the word of God in the believer, the Holy Ghost. The present truth, the preceding word of God. The preceding word of God is how we live. We have to have the word, not just a portion of the word, not just, well, we keep a Sabbath and that's got it. No, the word of God, through these exceedingly great and precious promises that are given to each one of us, that we are made partakers of his divine nature and escaping the corruption of the world through lust. That's not a rapture. That's a sealing. Sealing the servants of our God in their forehead. Revelation 7. God's doing that now. Judgment's in the earth right now. Not to destroy us, but come and let us return to the Lord, the true God. Not a trinity, not a two-ness binary, not a oneness doctrine where the man's not God but has God in him, but the true doctrine of Christ. The true doctrine of Christ and being established in that doctrine and not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And that is what is happening in these days now. We're warned, Paul telling us, that there will come strong delusion in the last days, that they all might be damned who receive not the love of the truth, but have pleasure in unrighteousness with this Antichrist, the man of sin, the son of perdition, who opposes all that is God, or that is worship, so that he has God set at the temple of God, showing himself that he is God, and that's not a physical brick and mortar temple on the mount, oh, replacing the, 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 the mosque of Omar. That is not an iron. It is a naos. It's a spiritual temple that we see in Pergamos, where Satan's seat is, where Satan dwelleth. That is in Revelation 2, Pergamos, the church there, where Satan's seat is and where Satan dwelleth. It's within the church. These false doctrines that have gone out. Paul told us about it. We see it in Jude. We see it in Peter's epistle. We're warned of Jesus said, many will come my name saying I'm Christ and shall deceive many. In the name of Jesus. Paul warned about it. Said, take heed to yourselves and over all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. That's God's own blood, Acts 20, 28. There, but he warns the very next verse, Acts 20, 29. Immediately after my departure, grievous wolves shall come in, not sparing the flock among you, speaking perverse things. Perverse things are things that are not faith, but of idolatrous idolatrous things, idolatry, seducing spirits, doctrines of devils. We're in those last days. And we also see Jude says, states the same thing. Paul stated it in the book of Acts 2029. 20, well, Jude says the same thing. He states there, 
that there were these ungodly men foreordained to this condemnation, turning the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ into lasciviousness and lawful affliction, denying the only Lord God, saying there's more than one. Well, we see it again in Peter. He says there in Peter, uh, 2 Peter, 2nd chapter, he said they will come in among you. And he states that very plainly in his epistle. And he knew Christ that was given to Peter in these uh, Matthew 16th chapter, the rock to the church, and that rock foundation is thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, speaking to Jesus. You see, Peter said the same thing. I'm reading right out of the word of God. Second Peter, second chapter, verse one. But there were false prophets also among the people. Well, that's fine. It's among the people, not in the church. Well, let's keep reading. Even as there shall be false teachers among you within the church, within the, not the iron of brick and mortar building or a temple that we think the Antichrist is going to be literally sitting in, but sitting in the seat of Pergamos, where Satan's seat is, where Satan dwelleth. Within the church, false doctrines within the church of the living God. Now that means they talk about a deception. That's strong delusion. If we could see a devil sitting in a temple and say, oh, look, there's the devil sitting in there in the mosque of Omar, and that temple's walked down, and now that devil's sitting in there. No, this is deceitful. This is within the whole body of Christ that's come in subtlety and by peace destroying many. Somebody said, I don't understand that. Well, let's take, for example, most people in the church world today at the nominal church is saying uh, that we shall have peace and not a sword. And in we, the book of Daniel, apocalyptic book, Daniel tells us, that this son of perdition, the man of sin, this northern army that comes out of a small people, this little horn, that by peace he will destroy many. His doctrine's peace. He will cleave with flatteries to those that forsake the holy covenant, that forsake the true Jesus. Jesus has given a covenant to the people, but they'll forsake that holy covenant. Notice it's a holy covenant in holiness and sanctification, crucifying the flesh with the affection thereof and the lust in order to mortify the deeds of the flesh to be pleasing to God. It's among us, the naos. We are that temple of God and we're going to be measured. That's Revelation 11 verse one. And John said, there's a reed like a rod given to me saying, rise, Measure the temple of God. That's not a brick and mortar temple. That's us, the body of Christ. And the altar. And them that worship therein. We don't have to go to the mosque of Omar, wait for it to be torn down, build another temple on the mount, and they were going to be measured in that temple. No, of course not. Well, what does it mean? Well, rise and measure the temple of God, the altar, and them that worship therein, but the court which is without, leave out and measure it not. For it's given to the Gentiles. Why? Because the rod of God is not upon the head of the wicked, only upon the righteous. The rod and the staff beat out the, the coming and the appointed barley. You see that in Isaiah 28. Bread corn is bruised. We're that bread corn. We're that wheat and barley harvest. We're that corn harvest. But he goes on and says, but he will not ever be turning the wheel of the cart and the horsemen upon us. We're not appointed to the wrath of God. We will taste of the wrath of Satan, the old dragon coming down to us, the old serpent, the dragon, uh, having great wrath, knowing that he hath but a short time. He'll have great wrath. And he'll prevail against the saints. Four times, times, dividing time, three and a half. 40, uh, 42 months, three and a half years. We understand that. But during that time, here's the faith and patience of the saints that he that killed with the sword died by the sword. 
He that leads into captivity is going to go into captivity. We know God's going to run the devil to them. Some of us, he said, you'll be cast into prison for 10 days. Be you faithful unto death, I'll give you a crown of life. You'll have tribulation for 10 days. But the Mr. Babylon, that false church says, I said, acquaint, I am no widow, and I will see no sorrow. I'll have no trouble. I'm having peace. And that peace, Jesus stated, you think that I come to send peace on the earth, but rather a sword. We don't understand that. It's the judgment of God that must first begin at the house of God. This is sealed up among God's treasures. Deuteronomy 32. Is this not sealed up among my treasures, saith God? For the Lord will judge his people and repent himself of the evil, the tribulation, the wrath, the, the persecution. When he sees their power is gone, he's bringing us to the end of our own selves. Not Holy Ghost power, our power. Crucifying the flesh with the effects of the lust and our will being cast aside to do the will of God. Not our purpose, but his purpose fulfilled in our lives. Their power's gone. That's what's going to happen with the Lord's judgment upon us, the, the church of the living God. And there's none shut up or left. What will it, what will it reveal then? Well, that the Lord says, now you will see that I am God. And there is none other. I know not any. There's none beside me. Not to my right hand, left, nowhere. I'm the only one. See now that I am God. And beside me, there is no other God. I kill, I make alive. I wound, I heal. Shall there be evil in the city? Now the Lord God have not done it. Through these judgments, it will reveal that Jesus Christ is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty, that Spirit. That's the Son of God. In the days of his flesh, he was a man. He fulfilled the law in every aspect when he made himself of no reputation as the Spirit of God to work only as a man. He took on him the form of a servant, made it under the law to redeem us that were under the law. But after he fulfilled the law as a man, not as God, but as a man, that scriptures daily was his delight. He grew in favor with God and man. He was one of us, showing us the way, the truth, and life, doing it as a man. And because he did it as a man through the Spirit, we can do it as mankind through his Spirit, just as he did. And he expects us to do that unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, just like he did. The forerunner's already entered in. He's in that light. All we have to do is obey him, walk in his footsteps, the way, the truth, and life, do what he did, and we will also overcome. And he will grant us to sit with him in his throne, even as he overcame, but he sat down with the Father in his throne. Now, we'll be as close to God we can get in that glory. But we have to be in the truth. And the truth, there has been watered down, diluted. The ecumenical councils of a trinity or binary twoness, or a, a oneness doctrine that does not give the man, Jesus Christ, the glory that he is the father of glory. And that's what Peter states here. He said, these false prophets will be among you. He states that in Second Peter, the second chapter, verse 1. It'll be among you who privately, privately, shall bring in damnable heresies. We're talking damnation here. Heresies are denominations, divisions. What? Even denying the Lord that bought them. Jude says even denying the only Lord God. Well, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. We're talking heaven or hell here. And God's doing it now, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance to obey the truth. And verse 2, and many shall follow their pernicious ways. Not just some, many. Because they're going after the riches of this world. A prosperity gospel. 
not crucifying the flesh with the affections of the lust, not mortifying the deeds of the flesh called sanctification, sanctifying yourself holy, both spirit, soul, and body. Oh, no, we're already there. We're saved, and we're on the way to heaven because we said the sinner's prayer. No, that's a lie. He goes on and says, and many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of and through covetousness. Thereafter, money, coveting the things of this world and through covetousness shall they with feigned words uh, make merchandise of you. They're getting you in the churches for money. But he that speaketh himself seeks his own glory. But he that speaketh of him that sent him, there's no unrighteousness in him. What is that, him that sent him? Jesus said, he that believeth on me does not believe on me, but on him that sent me. Why? Because Jesus, the man, he said, the words that I speak are not mine. The father that dwelleth in me, houses permanently in me, he's the one doing the works. That proves that he is the father. He said, if I were the finger of God, cast out devils, not with the finger of the son of God. If I were the finger of God, cast out devils, no, you, the kingdom of God's come nigh to you. Well, what did he do? The words that I speak are not mine. Well, then whose are they? They're the fathers. Jesus said, I do nothing of myself. All that I see the father do, that's what I do. And what is that? He said, the words that I speak are not mine. Well, God, he confirms his word. The words that I speak are not mine, but the father that dwelleth our houses permanently, the Greek word katakeo, houses permanently in me, He's the one doing the works. What work? Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils, open blind eyes, loose the dumb tongue, the lame walk, and the captive going free. Blessed is he whomsoever is not offended in me, not in us, in me. The only true God and eternal life, Jesus Christ, the blessed and only potentate, 1 Timothy 6.15, is the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent Spirit of God who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can look into, enter into, nor see, nor can see. That's the only man that is God. No other man can enter into that. Jesus stated that in Revelation 3.21. Now those that overcome will I grant to sit with me in my throne. That's a place where I prepared for you. But where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, not S-I-T, not in a positional state. But S-E-T, forever settled has been and always will be God. Even as I overcame the man, Christ Jesus, and am set, S-E-T, down with my father in his throne. Not beside it, not to the right of it, in it. As Jesus said at the right hand of God is dexios. It's an elevated, glorified power of God. It's not a physical, literal right hand. He sat down with the Father in his throne, Revelation 3.21. He is the only begotten Son of God that's in the bosom of the Father that hath declared him, John 1.18. And that's what he's doing now. To those that have an ear to hear, there's only one God, one Spirit. Who is that Spirit? The Lord Jesus Christ. Who is that spirit? It's the son of God. The son of God is that spirit now. That one spirit, which is the father, is one and the same. Not a different spirit, not a spirit junior. We see that in 1 John 5, 20. The son of God is come. Where's he come? He's come in the flesh. The church of the living God. That's how you know whether the spirits are of God or not. Hereby try you the spirits. 1 John 4, verse 1 through 4 says there are many false prophets that's entered into the world. Peter, in 2 Peter, 2nd chapter, verse 1, says, come again among you many false prophets. Paul talked about grievous wolves come in, not sparing the flock, bringing in perverse things among you, the church. Not a physical brick and mortar temple, but the church, the temple of the living God, the church of the living God. It's the same that Jude said. These men foreordained to condemnation, to be condemned, 
turning the grace of our Lord Jesus into lasciviousness, denying the only Lord God. There's only one. And uh, right now, the judgments of God are in the world there in more frequency and intensity to get us to turn to him. Come on, let's return to the Lord, for he hath torn. He will heal us. He has smitten. He will bind us up. That's Hosea 6, 1 through 4. If we follow him to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as a morning. There's more to come. If we follow him to know the Lord, and he will come to us as a rain, former and the latter. Former rain happened in Acts 2, 4. Holy Ghost was given. Now it's the latter rain. The last great rain of his strength, which we're all entering into, that obey the truth unto righteousness, unto holiness. That requires obedience. Romans 6. So we're speaking to those that have and that are wise. The wisdom. We speak to those that have wisdom. Those that are perfect. That's what, which ones are perfect. Those that are pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Not saying they've already attained, already got it, already perfect. But pressing toward that mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. As that, as many as be this minded, thus minded, are perfect. That's what Paul stated to the church at Philippi. He said, I'm not perfect yet, neither have I already attained. He wrote 14 books of the New Testament. He said, I'm trying to apprehend that which I'm after to Christ, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth of those things which are before, realizing there's more to come. Pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. That's the mind of Christ that we must have. And if you be any otherwise minded, God will reveal this even unto you. And that's what he's doing through ministers that are in the truth, pressing toward the mark. Perfection to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ Jesus. Now, again, on the 19th of January, 2019, the Lord appeared to me there in a visitation, Transmara, Kenya, Africa, stating it again, need to hear from you. The body of Christ is coming together now. He's told me very, after a two-hour visitation, bottom line, he said, seal my people by my word. Even as I send my angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. Then we took that as a very profound message uh, that we are nothing but servants of the Lord Jesus Christ, not of any of our righteousness or our holiness. Did the Lord speak these things to us, but simply because uh, we're servants to the body of Christ. We need to hear from you. God is placing his body together, fitly framing it together now and compacting it according to the measure of every part. That's a measure of faith given to every member in particular, whichever joint supplies to the edifying itself and love coming together in the body of Christ. God's doing some great things now to those that have an ear to hear. The overcomers, well, they are the young men that the Word of God is strong in and have overcome the wicked one. The Word of God's coming to you. It's coming to all of us now to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. God's doing it now. Love to hear from you. If you will, please call me. Leave a message. Let's work together. Let's come together. Bone to bone, bone to bone, making a joint. And when we have that joint, whichever joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love, God will lift us up. We must come together to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God and to a perfect man. And God will then bless and lift that word up for his great namesake as we proclaim his glorious word. There, give me a call. Leave a message. I'll get right back to you so we can work together. Looking forward to hear from you. My country code is plus one, 903-746-4885. Again, country code plus one, area code 903-746-4885. Leave a message, I'll get right back to you as we come together in this last great day move of the Holy Ghost. Until then, we pray for God to perfect that which is lacking in each one of us. 
that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord, both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold, the real Jesus.